Time now for the SCL Mortgage Show with your host, Sandy Clough, and co-host, Larry Jager. Stay tuned as we discuss everything mortgage. Educate, form, entertain. It's the SCL Mortgage Show. Now, here's your host, Sandy Clough, with mortgage industry veteran, Larry Jager. And good morning once again. Welcome to the SCL Mortgage Show. I'm Sandy Clough alongside the president of SCL Mortgage, Larry Jager. 303-790-2222 is the phone number by which you can contact SCL Mortgage. MySpecialMortgage.com is the website. Larry, good morning. Good morning, Sandy. Good to see you. You said that you wanted to spend some time today for our listeners to talk about tax planning at year's end, which is only one month away. I know. Appropriate, given the time of year to get started, maybe in early December on such preparations? I, th- I think so, Sandy. I, we're doing the same thing, uh, my wife and I, because, you know, with the holidays and things slip by and all of a sudden it's uh, family stuff and uh, all of a sudden we're at year end. And, and I, I like to be ahead of the curve a little bit. So we like to do this about this time of year. So I thought maybe we've got some stuff to talk to our listeners about, uh, some things that could be good for them and maybe some things that they hadn't thought about, uh, tax deductions. So, yeah, I, um, I let's do that, Sandy. I think this is a good time. All right. And I see that you have a lot of notes in front of you, so we'll get right to it. Uh, first, uh, I think we've talked about this in past years, but even if we haven't, it's a good question when it comes to people either doing their own tax preparation or hiring someone to do that for them. You know, it's there's a lot of different um, options out there right now. There's, I, I think there's some really good um, software programs, Intuit or H&R Block, and, and, and those are probably really good, I, although I'm not that sophisticated <laughs> to use them, and, and some people are. And I think some people even do their own taxes, and, and probably smarter than me. But I, we hire, um, we have a CPA that we've used for a long, long time. And she is really good. In fact, you know, maybe I should talk to her. Maybe uh, we can have her on the air. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that would be a really good idea. So I'll I'll, I'll make a note to do that. So um, I it, it's kind of my thought about hiring specialties or specialists. Um, I'm not a real estate agent, so if I want to buy a house, I'm going to hire a real estate agent. And I don't know tax planning and all the legitimate deductions that you can use every year. So in our case, we hire a a CPA who's uh, very, very good. And then I think we get the most out of whatever tax deductions there are, and and there's a lot of them out there, and and maybe people uh, hadn't thought about all those. So, yeah, there's like I said, there's different options. In our case, we like to hire a CPA, and so we they know what we don't know. So um, it's it, that's what works for us, Andy. Uh, mortgage interest again, always tax deductible. You know, that's a very good question because it's not always tax deductible, but there there's limits. So um, I actually Googled this, Sandy, and I said, is mortgage interest still tax deductible in 2022? Well, here's the situation. Here, here's what happened. Prior to the tax cuts and the Job Act, Jobs Act, the mortgage interest deduction was limited at $1 million in 2022. 
However, that's dropped to $750,000 this year. So, and, you know, I I don't know, there's not maybe a lot of people that have um, mortgage interest over a million dollars, but it's something you have to know about, or your CPA, I'm sure, will know about it. If your mortgage is over a million dollars, you cannot deduct that part of it. But now they've limited to $750,000, so you can't deduct anything over that amount. So in our case, I don't have to worry about that. Ours is not that, not that high, actually. So, um, yes, in, in most all cases, it's deductible. I'm sure there are other tax deductions, though, right, for oh, homeowners? Yeah, for homeowners, absolutely there are. There's... Um, well, personal are the uh, the real estate tax that you pay every year to the county. That's certainly deductible. Um, whether or not you – I don't know if you know it but not, but gambling losses are deductible. And I did not know that. I, <laughs> I didn't either. I had to look at Google. Fortunately, I don't have to worry about that. No, I don't either. I don't I, have uh, winnings either. At least no <laughs> losings. Um you know, I don't think they built uh, Las Vegas on winners. No. I, I, I think it's probably the opposite. So, uh, But those are deductible. And um, uh, so real estate taxes, um, if you don't know that, I would strongly encourage you to give us a call. We know about that. Or, or Google it. There's just a ton of information on Google. What what can be deducted, what cannot be deducted, and as your primary residence, yes, interest is deductible, and personal property taxes are deductible. Are there expenses that can't be deducted? Uh, tell you our know, listeners about that if you could. Yeah, ab- absolutely. There are um, stuff that you cannot deduct. Um, oh, you know what? Back to your previous question, uh, Sandy, I forgot about. If you got a home loan this year okay, and you can you can deduct uh, origination costs, you can deduct closing costs, you can deduct um, uh, discount points if you paid that on your mortgage. So uh, and if you happen to work out of your home, which a lot of people do these days, you can actually deduct some of your uh um, how should I say this? Maybe you work in your office or you have a library in your home. So you can deduct a part of your uh, premium uh, of your homeowner's insurance and um, and the utilities. So let's say, for example, you've got a 2000 square foot house. And and that's probably not that's a little bit of a most most houses are more than that. But let's say you've got two thousand square foot house, and if your office occupies a hundred feet or two hundred feet, whatever it is, you can deduct a portion of your utility bills on that. So it's and and more more people should know about this because there's more and more people working at home these days. So. Um, Home office expenses is what I would call them. So, uh, yeah, there are some things that are not deductible. Most of it is anything to do with personal activities and personal spending is a non-deductible expense. But I would also say to our listeners, don't forget about if you've gone to Goodwill this year, you can deduct uh, you can deduct those those whatever you um, sent to Goodwill or delivered at Goodwill. Now it can't be for the fair market. Well, actually, it is for fair market value. If you paid, 
$100 for something and you want to deduct $100, you can't do that. It's got to be whatever's fair market value. Maybe it's 50% of that. But it's still, you know, if you, a lot of people go to Goodwill and drop things off and good for them. And, and in, in Castle Rock, there's actually something called Task Force that uh, takes these um, these deductions or these these uh, items that you want to uh, ch- uh, items that you want to uh, contribute and then um also, there are medical uh, expenses and uh, dental expenses that can be deducted, whatever your insurance doesn't pay. And I would also say, don't forget about your church. If you've gone, if you've done done anything with your church, writing a check or wrote sure. a check and all that, that's uh, those two uh, things are deductible as well. So there's a lot of things out there. We just have to be aware of them. And, and or if you use a CPA, I'm, I'm sure they are as well. When it comes to what you were talking about earlier, uh, making some kind of home purchase in 2022, Mm -hmm. that would, of course, very much apply to December of 2022 as much as it would for the 11 previous months. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you did it in this calendar year, and what I would, if you bought a home, if you refinanced a home, bought a second home, bought a rental property, um, you really want to keep what's called a closing disclosure. You would given you would be given that when you did the closing. On there are a lot of deductions on there. So you can write off, like I said, maybe discount points, origination points, if you paid anything in closing costs. There are a lot of things on on there that can be deducted. So you want to make sure you keep that closing disclosure and take it to your accountant or or your CPA or your tax preparer, whoever does that. There's a lot of good stuff in there that you can deduct. So good, good point, Sandy. Anytime in this calendar year. All right. We're going to get a little more specific about tax deductions for a rental property when we continue. This is the SCL Mortgage Show. We broadcast every Saturday morning between 7 and 8 right here on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Sandy Clough, Larry Jager, the president of SCL Mortgage. This is the SCL Mortgage Show on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. 303-790-2222 is the number for SCL Mortgage. MySpecialMortgage.com is the website. And Larry, uh, I'm sure you want to get a little more specific on the subject of tax deductions for rental properties just because we've talked so much this year about the advantages of rental properties. Yes, we, we have. And, and um, thanks for bringing that up, Sandy. I really do want to spend a little bit of time on it because I think it's a really good time to buy rental properties. And for, for several reasons. One, I've I'm going to take the um, the figures that we used, my wife and I used on this rental property, and I want to show our listeners all the the um, tax advantages that are available. So I can tell you, we paid uh, five hundred sixty seven thousand dollars for this property, and we have an interest rate of six point five percent. And part of that is because on a rental property, interest rates are a little bit more expensive. So you're able to deduct the interest. We are able to deduct the interest that we've paid on that. So if you take the 567 times 6.5%, that's just over $36,000 we're going to pay in interest on this property. So obviously interest is deductible. 
But also, Sandy, you can depreciate this property on a single-family residence. Uh, You can depreciate it by 27.5 years. So if you take the purchase price times 27.5, that means we can deduct $20,600 of depreciation per year. Okay? So... And also, like I said, on um, property taxes, we can deduct those. In this property, it happened to be four hundred and forty-five hundred and <clears throat> excuse me, thirty-six dollars. And then we had some miscellaneous repairs on it for twelve hundred dollars. And um, you can deduct utilities, but in our case, the the land or the uh, the tenant is going to pay the utilities. So we obviously we can't deduct that. We could deduct the landscaping, but. They're going to take care of all that. But we also can deduct the the uh, homeowners association. So if I take that number times 12, that's $666. So if I total all those numbers, Sandy, that's 63, uh, just over $63,000 per year that we can legitimately deduct. And that comes right off whatever taxes we owe. So... That's going, to min- that's going to minimize it a lot. Um, and, and we happen to be self-employed, so there's other things that we can deduct along the way. But if you figure out, and, and our rent, by the way, is $2,950, which was very common for this area in, um, in Castle Rock. Right. So, and it was kind of interesting. My wife put it on Zillow for rents. It's a really, really good site. And it turns out that's where most people go. And the people we rented it to are uh, coming from California. And it's interesting, in their situation in, in, um, in L.A., they were renting a one-bedroom, one-bath apartment for just about $1,800. So they come here and they get a single-family house with three bedrooms, three baths, two-car garage, all that. And they have a little puppy. So <laughs> to, to them, this is like really, really good. They got so much more house than they had in California. So, and, um, so if you take the, the rent times, times 12, that's 3500 or $35,400 a year. So, like I said, rents are, are increasing and, and going up all the time. So it turns out this was a really, really good investment for us, and it's a good place for, for those people to rent until they're ready to buy. And so I would tell our listeners that it's a, I think it's a very good time to buy rental real estate. Larry, you've said properties, and I want to make sure I can get all this exactly right the first time through. Properties may have come down slightly, and interest rates have gone up a little, but rental rates continue to rise. Do I have all those things Ex- aligned properly? <laughs> Absolutely, you do. Right, right to the T. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's a fact that. Um, and um, when I was coming in here this morning, Sandy, I was looking at the news channel you have downstairs, and it talked about in October um, there were less. Uh, less sales of real estate uh, off maybe 4.6% or something like that. So that means that rental properties or, or 
properties in general have come down a little bit. So, and, and I think that's a good thing because we couldn't contain there or we couldn't have this crazy frenziness that we had in the last couple of years. So it's okay that they've come down a little bit. So, but interest rates, it's not a secret. They have gone up just a little bit. But if you factor those two things in and compare it to the rental, um, rental real estate or what people have to pay to rent a property, I mean, gosh, it's it's a lot. It 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 really isn't. But people are accustomed to it, and you have to you have to live somewhere. So you find a property that's that's uh, fits your budget, um, whatever that is. And so I think if you compare the two, Sandy, I think it's a it's a it's a really good move. We don't we don't see um, rentals coming down or or decreasing. I think they. I haven't seen it for. Mm-hmm just forever so rental rental properties keep increasing in value to the renters and i think those other two offset it so if you can get a property with a positive cash flow i mean that that's a win-win situation ours happens to be just a, a very small negative but it's okay it's really not that bad but if you figure a positive cash flow plus all the depreciation and all the other things that you can write off it's a home run you're a big believer in rental properties. I am. Um, you have an example other than your own? Uh, I do. I do. Do you? Re- well, of course you remember back in uh, 08 and 09. I mean, it was it was it was devastating. The mortgage market was it, it was a, it was a bad time for for everybody. Mm-hmm. But home values came down a lot. And a lot of people were freaking out. They said, oh, my gosh, I owe more on my property than what it's worth. Well, fast forward 12 years and guess what's happened? Um, properties appreciated like like crazy, right? So at that time, I did a little bit of research and there were um, there were companies that were formed raised a bunch of money. I think one of them was uh, AFR, American. American rents uh, something, I can't remember. But they went around the country and bought all these properties that people wanted out of. They were nervous. Obviously, there were some foreclosures that they were able to scoop up. And they turned around and rented them for a great positive cash flow. And look what's happened since. Properties values have gone have gone through the roof. So that was a really, really good idea for them. Um, I would have done it myself. I didn't have all that kind of cash to go on and buy all those properties. But what a good, good concept because they, they ended up making a lot of money. And I think they sold a lot of them when prices were at the top. So, yeah, it's just not me. There's a lot of smart money out there doing the same thing. So, but whether you're, you know, you have big bucks or whether you're want, wanting to buy a house or maybe two houses, we can help you with that. We know that. Um, we know it very, very well. And there are good, still good interest rates for, um, for uh, rental properties. We'll continue to talk about taxes as we move ahead today. But uh, again, if you plan to use a CPA or a tax preparer, you need to have a list of documents that you can turn over to them so they can get your taxes prepared and get you the money back that you deserve. Um, I I think so, Sandy. We have... um our our simple way in our house my wife is in our office we have this one drawer that's got a 
12 different folders in it, January, February, Mm -hmm. throughout the year. And each year or each month, we put in that folder anything that's tax deductible. And my wife is kind of over the top. She puts anything and everything in there. But I know, and and, and she probably knows too, what's tax deductible and those receipts you want to save. So it's, it's really easy for me at the end of the year, I can pull out all these folders and I can jot down everything that we're going to give to our CPA that's tax deductible, or maybe some stuff is, and I don't know it, but we're going to include everything. And that, that <clears throat> that's a really simple way that we do it in our house. But the most important thing is you people should have a plan on where to put their stuff, not mm-hmm. just in a shoebox and show it up to your accountant at, at year end. But I think if you have something similar or e- very easy for you, so you can, you, you can accumulate all that stuff, then um, it's very easy to do. You make your list at the end of the year, you give it to the accountant and maybe they want receipts and maybe the IRS does that. Well, you've got them. You know, and even even a picture of a receipt is okay too. But at least you've got them. You know what to uh, off to what to expect for the accountant or what she's gonna he or she's gonna ask for. So that's the way we do it in our house. But the most important thing is you keep those tax records. Lots to think about in all of that. But the bottom line is, as we've covered through the first half of this program today. Uh, get started as early yeah. as possible. Don't wait until February or March or April, especially of right. next year, to start figuring out what happened in 2022. We have customer emails coming up, and this again, a fresh batch of emails all received at SCO Mortgage within the past week, and we will get to those emails next as the SCO Mortgage Show continues. Sandy Clef with Larry Jager, the president of SCO Mortgage on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. It's time now for customer emails. So we're back to this segment, one of our favorites this week. All fresh emails having come in within the past seven days, Larry. And again, you've got a fairly healthy stack. Um, I do. I do. And um, these are these are really good emails. I didn't somebody just put them on my desk. I didn't even I didn't select stuff or any of that. So um, these are good. So this first one uh, came from Justin, Justin Drew. Um, that's not his last name, but he, he put his full name in there. So anyway, he says, I was, mm, I was hoping to work with Larry Jager. We were referred to him by our accountant. I'm looking for a loan for a duplex, maybe a threeplex, triplex where we can live in one unit and rent out the rest. And then he goes on to say the, uh, they have properties, one is sold, one is, is going to be sold, and they have a fair amount to put down. And so, um, so what I did this week, Sandy, is I called Justin and got the, uh, got the explanation of what he wanted to do. And then since I don't really originate loans anymore and I'm not, I'm not the best at it, we have some really, really good loan officers. So uh, this one went to uh, Rebecca and uh, Rebecca did, um, she got Justin to apply online. He sent all of his stuff in and I saw in the email that uh, she got him a pre-approved letter. So now they're ready to go out and buy a duplex. So um, I wanted to uh, to get in touch with Justin just because he asked, and, and I appreciate that. So uh, that is the first one, Sandy. 
So, excuse me, this is from Christian who said, um, just don't want to waste your time. I actually have a unique situation. Well, first of all, Christian, you're not wasting our time. Whatever your situation is, we're more than happy to, to understand it and work with you and try to figure it out. But as I read this, this is not all that, um, it's not all that unique. He says, my wife and I, my wife is self-employed and she is um, a registered nurse. So I guess she's contracted with different hospitals. And so they pay her probably on a 1099. So that would be, yes, that would be a a self-employed job. And I, he said, Christian is... um, I'm about to start a new salary job in this month, and that that's okay, too. <clears throat> he might think it's complicated, but it's not. Once he's been on a job, we get 30 days of pay stubs, Sandy, and that's all we need. If you are employed, 30 days of pay stubs, and we're good. Just curious if this affects anything uh, and what are rates uh, that we would be looking at. So um, <clears throat> I know Christian's already been contacted, and and I, I appreciate the fact that he laid all this out for us, but it's really not that complicated. Maybe he thought it was. But uh, I see the money that they're making, so you're, I think you're going to be in good shape. Thanks for the email, Christian. Um, okay, this is from... Damon, who said, uh, we currently have a loan on our home. And actually, you know what? I did talk to this guy. This, uh, Yeah, I did talk to this guy because I was interested. He said, we're looking to build a post and beam home on our land. What kind of financing options are available? So <clears throat> um, when I talked to Damon, Damon, I left a message and then he called back on my office phone And when I looked at my phone, it said Home Depot. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. I don't think I've ordered anything from Home Depot. But as it turns out, he works for Home Depot. And he was a really nice guy. He said that um, I think it's him and his brother and maybe his brother-in-law all have or want to have a post and beam loan. So we talked about that kind of extensively. And I thought these post and beams are really, really cool. So we figured out a solution for him. He wants to build this. And then he's going to tear down his existing home and we're going to be able to get him a construction loan where he can do all that so um, I don't know if you're on your way to uh, Home Depot Damon but uh, I I appreciate you uh, sending the email and it was good to talk to you okay this came from Norman who said Larry we hear you on the radio with Sandy every Saturday and we were wondering about a HELOC we want to pull some cash for a rental property well that's uh, good for you, Norman. That's exactly what we did. And uh, and maybe you've heard about all the uh, the great tax write-offs that there are on rental properties. So, And we do offer HELOCs, so that's something we would be happy to, to uh, talk to you about. Okay, this came, Sandy, from Mark. He said, my wife and I are wondering about a reverse mortgage. We are both 65 years of age and would like to talk to an expert. Well, 
Thank you for the email, uh, Mark. We do have a couple of experts in our um, in our staff on our loan officers that know HELOCs very, very well. I, I, I'm sorry, that know reverse mortgages very well. And you're right. You uh, you're above that age. You have to be 62 and older, but you're you're in good shape there. So as you know, a reverse mortgage, we can basically eliminate a mortgage payment that you're paying now because there's no payments that you have to make on a reverse mortgage. All you have to do is pay your property taxes and your insurance. So we're going to get you to an expert, Mark, and I thank you for the email. Uh, Okay, we had another one from Olaf who emailed us and is looking for lot financing and then a construction loan to build a house. Well, um, we have all that. Uh, We can offer you a construction or um, I'm sorry, a lot financing. We can offer you construction financing. And when your house is done, then we're going to be able to put a permanent loan on there. And um, good for you. He's sounds like he's looking in uh, Douglas County uh, for that land. So um, that's that's great. We've got all the products that you need all of. Okay, so I have another one, Sandy, from Nate, who said, "We uh, Nate and his wife, we understand interest rates have gone up a little, but we need some money for medical expenses that uh, our family had to incur. Well, life happens. You know what, Sandy? Sometimes... Um, uh, medical expenses just you, you have no you don't know if they're coming and when they come they're there and so uh, I'm sure you have a lot of equity that you've built up over the years in your house so maybe this is a good time because you don't want a you don't want a, a medical collection on your report and let's get that stuff taken care of so you don't have any credit issues uh, I have one from Sarah if we have enough time Sandy okay uh, could we have a loan officer contact us regarding a new loan on our primary residence and a second home in Breckenridge? Well, absolutely, Sarah, we can. We have loans for primary residences, for second homes, for non-owner occupied um, residences and um, rental properties. And so we, um, I'm sure a loan officer's contacted you already. And thank you for the email, Sarah. I want to get back to you, uh, and before we do that, of course, I want to thank Justin, Drew, Christian, Damon, Norman, Mark, Olaf, Nate, and Sarah for their emails this week. We'll have uh, a new combination of emails uh, next week, uh, presumably on subjects that are a little bit different. But I want to go back uh, quickly while we have a few minutes to the subject of home equity and whether you think there is any purpose in not dipping into it uh, during these particular times. Uh, it's altogether advantageous, wouldn't you think, for a variety of reasons that we talk about regularly. Right. But is there any downside or does it depend on the amount or the percentage of your home equity that you withdraw at a given time? Could you talk about those things? Sure, a bit? sure. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> you know, we we buy homes and most of us get a mortgage and then we do our very best to pay that mortgage off. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's nice to have a mortgage that's completely gone and your home is, is free and clear. But 
in the event that you need money, whether it's a medical, something medical, maybe it's uh, maybe you're buying a car, maybe you want to buy an investment property. And so I think that's perfectly fine. If you need money, you you I don't like to see people tapping into their equity to like pay off credit cards and all that. But if you have them, then let's get them paid off and let's keep those balances low. Yes. Right. It, it You don't want to use your, your house as a piggy bank is what I, I'm saying. But if you have a good, solid plan uh, to buy rental real estate. I'm that, that to me that makes very good sense. Or if life happened and now all of a sudden you've got a medical collection or you've got some medical bills, then we got to get those gone, and and that's okay too. Life happens, but um, you know the interest on a HELOC or or a second mortgage is deductible as long as you put it into your property or into another property. Then it's it's perfectly legit to to deduct that interest. So. Um, there are some cases when you need a home equity, and uh, you know if it's twenty thousand, we have them up to twenty thousand to four hundred thousand, and we can go up to. Usually, it's about eighty-five percent of the total value of your home. So, and and these loans are really pretty uh, pretty easy to get right now for a lot of people because they've got so much equity in their home. So right. it just depends on the reason, Sandy, what your plan is, and then I think it's perfectly fine. And the reverse mortgage program continues to be quite popular. It is. It, it really is. You know, you, you and I have talked about it. There's 10,000 people retiring every year. I mean, every month in this country. So if you have a mortgage and you want to get rid of it, because once you retire, you know, unless you've got a, a, a pension of, of some kind, but those those monthly paychecks don't uh, don't come. They're not coming anymore. So um, I, I think the um, this reverse mortgage has, has really got it figured out. And it's come a long way over the past seven, eight, nine, ten years now that um they continue to be popular, and again, you can eliminate your mortgage payment. We pay that off, and there's no payments on a reverse mortgage. So, great, great program. And, of course, uh, 303-790-2222. As usual, the number for SCL Mortgage, myspecialmortgage.com, is the website. We'll come back, and we'll talk about uh, self-employed We'll come back and talk about self-employed listeners, um, familiar as Larry is with uh, which business expenses can be written off. Larry talked about that earlier in his own particular case, but I want to circle back to that subject. We'll do it next right here on the SCL Mortgage Show, Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. This is the SCL Mortgage Show, Sandy Clef with Larry Jager on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Larry, of course, the president of SCL Mortgage. And boy, coming up next month on eight years. That's right. SCL Mortgage. That's your right. Eighth, it's, uh, it's, anniversary as of January 2023. You know, it's been um, it's been a fun ride. And uh, Sandy, as long as you're here with me, I want to continue doing this show. It's been 30. Well, in January, it's going to be 35 years I've been in this business. Yeah. So uh, and eight years with SCL. So it's right. been it's been fun. It's been a great ride. We've got a lot of good people in our offices. So. Um, as long as uh, I can keep you coming in on Saturday, <laughs> Sandy, I'm, I'm all for it. 
Uh, I'm thinking about our self-employed listeners, and I know you talked about your situation and you're self-employed. Yep. Uh, but uh, you're very familiar, again, if people have questions, as to uh, what business expenses can be written off. Yes, we are, are very familiar, having been self-employed for a number of years now. Um, <clears throat> there, you know, there certainly um, car expenses and mileage, all that can be written off. And in your business, whether you're just a little mom and pop shop, which is totally fine, uh, whatever your business is, if you're self-employed, there are a lot, a lot of good uh, tax deductions, things that you can do to write off on your taxes. Um, office expenses, of course, if you're paying rent in an office, uh, utilities, office supplies, office computer software, um, health insurance premiums, business phones. Uh, if you do any continuing education courses like we have to do in the mortgage world, um, parking for business related trips. Um, now there are certain things like, um, I think if you take a trip to another city, you can write off that airfare, but any, any, uh, business meals, I think that's written off at 50%. So it's, it's really, I, I, I know a lot about this because we are self-employed, but I also know that it's, we hire a CPA to do it for us because I don't know all of it out there. There's depreciation. If you have, uh, if you, uh, like say if you're a plumber or electrician or whatever, if you've got a lot of um, uh, you vehicles, you can depreciate those. If they are leased or financed, I think you can write off those payments. So it's a there's just a really really lot and and the tax the tax laws are such that you can write these things off, and which is good. It's it's perfectly legitimate. And then your bottom line is going to be a little bit smaller, and that's what you have to pay tax on. So the idea is to minimize that portion of it. That's a lot. So it's easy to see what the, the top line and the bottom line on a business uh, can involve. Yeah, you know, very, very different, uh, which is why self-employed people need your bank statement loan program, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly where I hope you were going, Sandy. So, <clears throat> yeah, if you think about it, whatever your business is, you're going to gross X amount of money. And that's really on the top line of your tax return, whether you're um, a sole proprietor and that um, that sole proprietor is a part of your personal return or whether you're a sub S corporation or a C Corp or an LLC. That's a different sort of a tax document. Uh, but it's all the same that all the income comes in on the top line. And then throughout all these deductions, expenses, all the stuff can be can be written off. And, and, you know, then you have the bottom line, which for most people is is very challenging for people if because as you're self-employed, we can't use the top line. We have to use the bottom line, okay. the, the, the net income uh, of that business. So, you know, let's say you make 500 or a million dollars a year and you're able to write off a good chunk of that. And maybe the bottom line shows 50,000 or 100,000. That's what we have to use to qualify you. And that can be very, very challenging, which is why a lot of our, our emails and people that we've had in the studio, Sandy, say, oh, my bank turned me down. We don't make enough money. Well, that happens a lot. So, 
fortunately, for the entire length of our company, we've had what we call a bank statement loan program, <clears throat> excuse me, that we're able to use your bank statements to qualify you, whether it's personal or business. And that works extremely well. We've had Gosh, I don't know how many people we've helped with these bank statement loans. It, there's been thousands of them. So that's the way you get traditional financing in the mortgage world with a bank statement loan as opposed to your tax return. So, yes, very good point, Sandy. Uh, back to the tax question again. Um, do you know what your chances are of getting audited by the IRS these days? Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> You know what? I, I actually do because I've looked it up a while back. I, I wanted to to know. Okay, so we have. It's kind of a how should I say it? It's we're supposed to be honest when we're filing our tax returns, and, Preferably, and, and yes. most of them, most of us do. I, I, I'm thinking, but if you don't and you get audited, that could be a real problem, right? So I do know this for a fact. It's less than 0.5% that you're going to get audited. So I, I think it's like 0.4% that you're going to face an audit. But <clears throat> although I have heard that the uh, the current administration wants to hire another 87,000 <laughs> IRS agents that um, and, and maybe that percentage goes up if they are able to do that, which I hope not. But um, so it's not very likely, Sandy. But on the other hand, you, you don't want to push the envelope too far. I mean, you, you, you want to be careful just in case you do get audited. So. Um, it's the the odds are not very great, but at the other on the other hand, I would say you probably want to do your taxes. If if you do them yourself, make sure you're not pushing the yeah. envelope too far. Well, that leads us to the uh, concluding uh, subject today. Uh, speaking as we were earlier, tax refunds. Uh, maybe it is the best idea, after all, for people to use a tax preparer to figure out how many deductions they should claim. Yeah, I think so, Sandy, because, you know, if you are a W-2 employee uh, and you receive a pay stub, you are eligible to take X number of deductions. So let's say you make $100,000 a year and you have X number of deductions. So your paycheck is going to re- going to reflect that. So maybe you're going to have a lot more money going to, to, to uh, the IRS every month, or maybe you're not going to have as much. But there's a way to do that, and your tax preparer would be able to tell you that. Maybe you should claim more deductions so you take more money home. Or maybe you, if you don't have a lot of deductions and a lot of um, uh, depreciation and all that, maybe you should not have that many deductions. Because at the end of the year, it's nice to be able to have it. They don't owe me any money, and I don't owe them any money. So, But that that's really hard to, to do that. So I would rather have more money in my pocket than have it paid to the IRS. But I also don't want to owe the IRS mm-hmm. any money at the end of the year. So if, if, if that number can be minimized where they owe me a little bit, then that's fine. But I don't want them keeping all my money throughout the year. To me, that's I'd rather have my own money than let them have it and, and I get it back at the end of the year. But, but 
I think that's why a tax preparer or a, or a CPA should should right. do our taxes. Um, so, but on the other hand, some people think, well, I don't want to owe the IRS any money at the end of the year and have to write a big check, and so err on the side of conservative, maybe. Yeah. So you owe them, or they owe you a little bit at the end of the year. Well, uh, Larry, we uh, wrap up. We have a few seconds left. Uh, the Broncos continue to struggle. Uh, I suppose you're a diehard. You watch everything. Uh, I have to. Uh, you, <laughs> you don't. Do. But uh, I take it you watched at least portions of uh, last week's fiasco. Oh, my gosh. I did. I did. And, and I'm... I think this was probably one of the the least favorite games to watch. Uh, I oh I, I I saw Russell Wilson in the pocket, and he actually did three two three sixties. Yes, and I'm looking. There's a place to run. There's a place to run. Why are you doing these three sixties? And oh, it was painful, Sandy. I, I'm sure you watched it. You have to, right? Yes, uh, I and, have to, and uh, I agree. Uh, with uh, the point you make and with all that uh, uh, besets the Broncos right now, uh, they get an easy one on Sunday in Baltimore against a very angry Ravens team that blew a game they should have won, and that's the only way they lose, it seems, this year is by blowing big leads. Uh, They will be an angry bunch, I imagine, uh, tomorrow morning, out in time, 11 a.m. start. And uh, we will have the fan football postgame, of course, with pregame coverage as well, right here on Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan. This has been the SCL Mortgage Show. Larry, thank you as always. Thank you, Sandy. It's always good to be here. And we will be back with our next edition next week, December 10th, as we move through our final weeks of 2022, right here on Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan. Thanks for listening to the SEL Mortgage Show with Sandy Clough and mortgage expert Larry Jager. If you missed a portion of the show or want to listen to the program again, listen to podcasts at the SCLMortgageShow.com. Questions or assistance with a loan? Call their main office in Denver at 303-790-2222 or online at MySpecialMortgage.com, NMLS, 120 